0: We're uh, getting into a couple weeks um, on this topic of blessing, calling this series Blessed. Title today is this, you have been given every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to turn in your Bible there, Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to be this morning. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for the opportunity to come together today to focus in the midst of our busy lives, to focus on you. God, I pray that you'd calm us, uh, just wipe the things out of our minds that we think about, that we need to be thinking about in the course of our lives, and allow us just the next few minutes to to focus in on you, to hear from you, to be directed by you. God, speak into our lives. We need your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, during times of difficulty, um, we need to look even more at the good things that God has done for us. The Bible talks about blessing. I found about 145 occurrences of the word blessed in the New Living Translation, which is the version that I preach from. And so it's talked about a lot. There's different variations of that word. We would find more of them. Here's the truth. When our focus becomes the bad, the difficult, sometimes the scary aspects of life, it is in those moments that we need to refocus as followers of Jesus. Because when our focus is on the bad and the scary and the difficult, it takes us down into a place um, where we don't have the spiritual connection to God and the power to navigate those things. That's when we struggle. Because we're not focused in on what God's given us. As we uh, seek to live the Christian life, I'm gonna say successfully, meaning that we stay true, to the teachings of Jesus. We continue to be obedient to him. If we're going to do that successfully, it's been said that there is, uh, that one of the most important aspects of living the the Christian life successfully is that we must remind ourselves consistently, daily, of the blessings that God has given us. The good things that God has done, uh, the Bible is full of those. Walking with an awareness of that, is key to our Christian life. There is a a Christian years ago named R.C. Chapman. He was a devout Christian. And one morning, one of his friends, as he walked in, asked him, how you feeling this morning, R.C.? He said, I'm burdened this morning. But his reply did not match his countenance. So his friend said, are you really burdened, R.C.? And he said, uh, yes, but it's a wonderful burden. It's an overabundance of blessings for which I cannot find enough time or words to express my gratitude. Seeing the puzzled look on his friend's face, Chapman added with a smile, I'm referring to Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen, which fully describes my condition. In that verse, the Father in heaven reminds us that he daily loads us down with benefits. God pours onto our lives Benefit after benefit after benefit. Blessing after blessing after blessing. It is a constant state in which we walk. And yet, so often, I'll speak for myself, I get focused on the difficulties, on the stresses, on the pressures, the things that aren't going so well. And I end up grumbling and complaining an awful lot. Sometimes my wife even says, go talk to the chickens. I'm tired of listening to you complain. Okay, listen, we, we could just get stuck in that mode, man. Everything is stressful. Nothing's working quite right. Man, it's raining too much. Man, it's not raining enough. Whatever it is, we get caught in that. 2020 was a year that started out with a lot of promise. New decade, right? I mean, we're thinking, wow, this is going to be great. And we got into it, and it didn't take long before it just went in the toilet, right? It just went down. And it's like, what's going on? This had such uh, such great promise, and all of a sudden it was nothing but difficulty. And the truth is, if you're alive and you have a pulse, 2020 has given you reason to complain and to be negative and to struggle and to say, why do we have to go through this? Why is it that we're struggling once again? The truth is, we're given by God as a defense to the difficult times in life. He's given us so many good things to combat the negative and the difficult. He's given us those blessings so that we can focus on them, and by living out of them, we can have strength to navigate the struggles. But, as I said, so often we complain. Um, My dad told this illustration years ago, and I just loved it, Uh, my favorite complaining illustration. There was uh, a monk, or young man who joined a monastery, became a monk, took a vow of silence. Ten years went by. His superior brought him in and said, hey, do you have anything you want to say? You can break your vow of silence just for these few moments. Anything you want to say. He said, food, bad. Went back to his vow of silence. Another ten years went by. His superior brought him back in again. Got anything you want to say? Do you need to say anything? He said, bed, hard. Another ten years went by. superior brought him back in. Anything you want to say. He said, I quit. His superior said, doesn't surprise me. You've done nothing but complain since you got in here. Hey, uh, sometimes what comes out of our mouths is not quite what we want it to be. Sometimes it surprises us. Man, if you just listen to yourself sometimes, right? All of a sudden it's like, what am I doing? Why am I complaining all the time? Why is it nothing but negative coming out of my mouth? The truth is, we do need to guard our tongue. We need to guard what comes out of our mouth. We need to be aware of it. We're taught that in the scriptures. Um, But we're given an insight as to what comes out of our mouth. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus said, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So the truth is, we struggle controlling our tongue. James in his epistle said, you can't, no man can control the tongue. You can control a horse, put a bit in its mouth. You can control lions and tigers and wild animals. You can train them. You can get a ship, a huge ship to go where you want with a rudder. But he said no man can uh, can control the tongue. And it is hard because what comes out of our mouth comes from our hearts, and that's the real issue. Uh, We say that we trust in God and believe in him, but so often our life doesn't reflect it. This is the conflict we have. If we're to live our lives out of the spiritual blessings that God's given us, and Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians, we've been given every spiritual blessing, Everyone. You've not been shorted one spiritual blessing. All those spiritual blessings are enough to give you the strength, the motivation, the power to sustain you through this life and to keep your head up and, and keep your eyes on Jesus and to, and to have a positive attitude for sure and not get consumed by the difficulties. And yet our faith dictates whether or not we live out of those spiritual blessings, whether or not we experience them. Because spiritual blessings only come to us by faith. That is the connection. Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter starts off this way. The writer of Hebrews says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through faith, The people in days of old earned a good reputation. Through faith, the people of old earned a good reputation. That means that as people look back on the lives of the the ancients, the ones who followed God, we see them positively as men and women of faith because their lives lived out, demonstrated that they had faith in God. What are generations in the future going to say about us, the church today, who lived through 2020, difficult year, difficult season? Are they going to say, man, those people had faith. Let's look at them. Let's learn from them how to navigate difficulty. Or are they going to say, wow, they got their eyes off Jesus. You know, they didn't act like they were trusting in him. Listen, we want that kind of reputation. It's our actions that show what we believe. Verse three, Hebrews 11 goes on to say this. By faith we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse four, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. His offering, his action in faith gave evidence of what was in his heart. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is required for us to access, to walk in the spiritual blessings that God has given to us, continues to pour out out on us. It is key for an effective, powerful Christian walk. And so let's look in Ephesians chapter one at the spiritual blessings God has given us. Um, He's given to those of us who have put our trust in Jesus. The first blessing that we see in this passage is we see the blessing of belonging. We all know the pain of rejection, of not fitting in, of not getting picked. Well, God, God, the creator of the universe, welcomes us into his family. We can belong to God, which means that no matter how much we feel alone in this life, we know we're not truly alone because we belong to Jesus. The blessing of belonging. Follow along. Let's read together Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And listen, it gave him great pleasure. God finds a lot of ple- pleasure in reaching out, right? Sending Jesus to pay for our sins so you could be adopted into his family. This is, uh, gives him great joy. Verse six, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. There's a great deal of blessings listed in these first few verses, but central to it is this opportunity we have to be drawn into, adopted into God's family. It says in this text that God chose you. He picked you to be in his family. He wanted you to belong. This is the deep truth the spiritual blessing that we have, to belong to God, to be connected to him, to be in his family and experience salvation. We are found, the Bible says, we are found in him when we trust in Jesus. He bought us with a great price. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The Apostle Paul says that you were purchased, right? We were purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus. This is how we have access into his presence. This is how we have the opportunity to be a part of his family and to belong. Because we belong to God, we also belong to his body, the church. Jesus created a movement of people that would navigate this life together. The church is a gift from Jesus to his people. Because he could have saved us, adopted us into his family, and then said, uh, go do your thing. hope you make it. But he didn't do that. He gave us community. Because we need each other. We grow in the context of relationship. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we develop. And yet, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. When God puts us together, if you have two people, going to have some disagreements right? And then you're going to have some conflict. We can struggle to get along. I don't know if you've seen that. You probably don't, but the person next to you probably does. You know, they got a problem getting along with others. And so, you know, and that's that's the way it is in our family. One of us has a problem. The other one gets along great. So that's the way it always is. But, But it's true still nevertheless. It's true. In fact, I think sometimes we might even have trouble getting along if it's just us. There was a man that got marooned on an island out in the ocean, and uh, he was there for five years alone. And they finally, a boat uh, saw him and came to rescue him, and they pulled up on shore. they loaded him into the boat, and they saw three grass huts uh, out on the beach. And they said, hey, we thought you were here alone. What are the three grass huts? And he said, well, one of them was my home, and the other one was my church. And they said, well, that's only two. <laughs> What's the other one? And he said, oh, that's the church I used to go to. Hey, listen, sometimes we struggle, even if it's just us, right? We struggle to get along with ourselves. There are days I get up and I don't really want to be around me, you know? I'm not always that great to be around. And and that's the truth of it. We struggle with relationship. And yet, God has given us the gift of belonging. He said, come on, be a part of my family. Yeah, there's other brothers and sisters here. There's other people. Sure, there's going to be times you struggle, But here's the good news. In the midst of that, that's how you're going to grow. You need that environment. So get into it. I always uh, struggle, and I try to be the nice response as a pastor when somebody says, you know, I don't need church. I just go worship God in the mountains, you know, whatever. And I go, why do you (laughs) do? But but if you know Jesus, you need to be a part of his church. you got to be in that community because you know It's his body, it's his church, and that's the process and the environment in which we grow. Belonging to Jesus means we are forgiven and free. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We have access to our Father in heaven through prayer, anytime we need to talk to him. We are called into God's work. Jesus says, I call you sons and daughters. I don't call you slaves anymore because you know my program. You know what I'm doing. I've brought you into the process of being a part of changing the world, of advancing God's work. He goes, you're not just uh, people that belong to me and serve unto me. No, you're a part of what I'm doing. This is powerful. The power of belonging means we don't live or die alone. And upon death, we're welcomed into the presence of Jesus. One of the most important aspects of God's plan for the future is that it's good. Uh, Though many ways in our world, there have been improvements. When I was a kid, we had, I don't know, a 70-something Dodge Dart, I think it was. Pretty small car. I just remember driving in it, I could feel the breeze, whether the windows were rolled up and the doors closed or not. You know, if the heater was on in the winter, still kind of chilly. Air conditioning was just rolling down the windows. You know what I'm talking about. Now I get in my car, and it's kind of sealed up. I mean... It's kind of quiet in there, you know, in comparison, and I can feel their conditioning. It cools down a vehicle. I mean, sure, life's gotten a little more comfortable in some ways, but if you're paying attention and if you know God's will and his plan, you know that sin and evil have not diminished. They continue to be on the rise. It's easy to look around and to wonder, God, what are you doing? Are you in charge? Are you really in control? Where are we headed with this thing? But Jesus himself told us it would look like this. There would be seasons and times and overall it would look like maybe things were going in the wrong direction. That evil was going to win. And yet the truth is that as followers of Jesus, Paul reminds us this morning in Ephesians here, that we have the blessing of a good future. Let's keep reading Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Verse 10, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, We have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus will take control of of everything? He will take control of everything, (laughs) but it's going to be at the right time. Timing matters a lot to God. You know, he's outside of time, right? Right? He's outside of time and space. He created them. He exists outside of them. That's why God knows everything. He can see the beginning from the end because he sees it all at once. We are stuck inside of it. We can't see uh, the beginning from the end. We can only see things as they progress. We can look back. We can try to predict what's going to happen, but we don't know. But God is outside of all of it. He sees it. He sees the beginning where he created He sees the end when Jesus rules and reigns all at the same time. So God is above it. He's outside of it. But timing matters to him. Galatians 4.4, one of the most profound verses in the New Testament, says this, but when the right time came, key words, right time. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God picked a precise moment in human history to send Jesus into the world. That was his timing, and it was perfect. And his timing continues to be perfect. And at the right time, Jesus will come again. He will bring everything under his control. God will stop evil. He will force submission to his rule and reign and to his righteous control. This is a day that will come. But you might have noticed it hasn't come yet. But it is coming. Hebrews 10 12 and 13 says this, but our high priest, referring to Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Listen to this. There he awaits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. The victory over evil, sin and death, has already been won. Jesus conquered sin and death. When he went to the cross, he was put in the grave, and he rose again on the third day. He conquered all of it. The battle has already been won. But do you know, just like, um, uh, but but, the battle, it, it's not over yet. We've got to play it out. I think of it this way. Maybe you were uh, in sports when you were a kid, or maybe um, you are now, or maybe you just know what it would be like to be in a in a game, in a, in a uh, Basketball game, football game, whatever. You're on a team, you're playing the opponent, and you already know that you're going to win. But you're behind in the score right now. Okay, how does that affect how you approach the game? Do you live in the fear <laughs> that you might not win? That, that the other team might uh, overcome you? No, you already know the outcome. You already know how the game is going to play out. And so you play with confidence. You continue to play with energy and effort. Yes, you have to play the game out but you know what the outcome's already gonna be. That's how it is for us. We've been promised a good future by a God who has proven he can promise that because he conquered death. And so the victory's already been won, but the battle's gotta play out. And so we live our lives, we stay in the battle as Jesus prayed we would. We don't try to get out of it. (laughs) We don't try to take a break from it. We don't try to find an escape route. We stay in it. Because that's what Jesus' will for us was. Remember John 17 where Jesus was praying to the Father and he said, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. We're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. I once heard of a man who had a dream. He dreamt that he was swept up into heaven. And oh, was he delighted to think that he had finally made it there. All at once, one came up to him Uh, and he said, I want to show you something. He took him to the uh, battlements, and he said, look down yonder. What do you see? I see a very dark world, the man said. Well, look and see if you know it. Why, yes, the man said, that's the world I have come from. What do you see down there? Well, I see men are blindfolded down there, and many of them are going over a precipice, falling to their death. Well, He asked the man, will you stay here and enjoy heaven or will you go back to earth and spend a little longer time and tell those men about this world? Well, he was a Christian worker who had been discouraged. He woke up from his dream. Later, he said, I have never wished myself dead since. I don't know if you've wished yourself dead this year, maybe a fleeting thought, be nice to be with Jesus. Man, this is tough. It's getting stressful and hard doesn't seem like the right is winning. Hey, listen, there's a reason we're here. It's to stay in the battle. It's to uh, continue to be a force for good in the world, to proclaim the hope that we have, the message of salvation through Jesus. This is why we're still here, to love those around us, to represent God in this world. He keeps us here for a reason. In order for us to navigate this season of difficulty, we got to remember there's a good outcome coming. The battle's already been won. The outcome has already been decided, but we've been asked to stay in it, walk it out, continue to fight. The last blessing that we see in this passage is a promise of the blessing of an inheritance. The blessing of an inheritance. Ephesians 1, let's continue reading in verse 12. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would in praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The spirit of god's guarant- or the spirit is god's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise uh, we would praise and glorify him. Praising and glorifying God. What does that mean? It simply means to reflect back what he is putting in us. His presence in us. We reflect to others that God is in us, that He is wor- at work within us. Just like the moon reflects the sun, doesn't have any light of its own, but it reflects the light of the sun. That's what we do. We reflect God in our lives. As we live our lives, we live in such a way that, so that others can see the work of God. And we're not putting effort into that, trying to be better people. We're simply allowing God to influence our lives, his presence in us. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, we're staying connected to the vine so that we will have his life flowing through us. The inheritance that we've been promised in this passage is eternity in heaven with God, to be in God's presence, And to enjoy, excuse me, to be in God's presence is to enjoy the only perfect existence possible. You know, we are created for a purpose. And and as we live on this earth and as we walk through this life, we have, the Bible calls it, a veiled recognition of who God is and our connection to him. We can put our trust in Jesus. We can recognize that he came to reveal God to us. But it's not the same as being face-to-face with God, being in his presence. The inheritance we're promised is that one day when we pass from this life to the next, if we put our trust in Jesus, we will be with him. And in that time, you will understand why you were created. You will enjoy the perfect existence you were meant to have. There is no other way to have that. There's no other way to experience it. In God's presence... The Bible says, is fullness of joy. In his presence is freedom from pain, sickness, death. You will be complete, wanting for nothing. You'll be whole. Won't be any more holes. <laughs> Won't be any more things you're trying to fill, needs you're trying to get met. You'll be complete. Now that's an inheritance. That's an inheritance. As we move through this life, the day-to-day struggles that we got to keep our eyes on this good future. We got to remember that that's where God's taken us. It's what he's done for us. To live out of it means by faith to see it as though it already is. There was a guy named Billy Bray lived years ago as a Cornish miner who accepted Jesus Christ as his savior in 1823 at the age of 29. Now he lived a life of drunkenness and debauchery before his salvation But he became such an outgoing witness and testimony for God, he became known as God's glad man. One time he was digging potatoes from his garden. He felt the devil oppressing him. It it seemed to him that the devil said, Billy Bray, God doesn't love you. If he did, he wouldn't give you such puny potatoes and so few of them. I don't know if you've ever thought that. But Billy Bray didn't listen to the devil's temptation. He talked back to him. He said, I served you long and true, devil. And no better servant could a master ever have than I was to you. But when I served you, you didn't give me any potatoes. When I served you, you didn't give me anything good for my efforts. See, Billy Bray reminded himself that the burden he had serving Christ was much lighter than the one he had serving the devil the yoke that he wore in partnership and submission to Jesus was easier than the yoke he wore as one of the devil's disciples. Billy Bray once said, "I would rather be in hell with Jesus than in heaven without him." Because to be in hell with Jesus would seem like heaven, and to be in hell without Je- or to be in heaven without Jesus would seem like hell. We have an opportunity to enjoy the presence of God, the power of God, we got to live out of that reality. We'll experience it in the future in a perfect way. Question for you today. Are you living primarily for this life? Or are you living primarily for the next life? Do you recognize the value in storing up treasures in heaven, as Jesus uh, called us to do? Or are you trying to store up treasures here on earth? Jesus said if you store up treasures here on earth, moss and rust can get at them and they're going to erode and fade away. They're not going to be there when you need them. But if you're storing up treasures in heaven, there's nothing that can get at those. They're protected by God. They're, they're eternal in nature. The way to battle against discouragement is to focus on the blessings of God. The way to combat our sin struggles or what appears to be the victory of sin and evil in our world, is to focus in on the spiritual blessings that we've been given and that we will enjoy when we're in God's presence. There's an old hymn that states it well. I grew up singing. It says it this way, When upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you. What the Lord hath done. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you. What the Lord hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly. And you will be singing. As the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor your Lord on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journey's end. The truth is we can walk with joy. We can walk with power. We can walk with a sense of connection to God when we live by faith and experience the blessings God has given us, will give us tomorrow, and that we will enjoy in the future with him. Effie Marsh made a list of, of blessings that the Bible talk, talks about. Not comprehensive, but it's a good list. An acceptance that can never be questioned. We looked at that today. An inheritance that can never be lost. A deliverance that can never be excelled. A grace that can never be limited. A hope that can never be disappointed. A bounty that can never be withdrawn. A joy that need never be diminished. A nearness to God that can never be reversed. A peace that can never be disturbed. A righteousness that can never be tarnished and a salvation that can never be canceled. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We can live out of that blessing each and every day in spite of the difficulties we find ourselves in. We can stay connected to the one who continues to bless us moment by moment each and every day, pouring blessings on us after blessings on us after blessings on us. That's going to change my attitude. That's going to change your attitude. We can walk with a sense of victory The battle's already been won and we can live with power and strength as representatives of Jesus in this world.